Welcome to Third Chances, a talk show where we like to hear from people who devoted their life to health, fitness and wellness. Medical professionals, health coaches and all the others who help us every day to cure our body, mind or soul. Those who always look for more natural, holistic ways to help even more people to live a happier and healthier life. Those who don't like to give up easily and settle on you or themselves. It is never too late or too soon. I always believe that every one of us deserves not just a second chance, but as many as we need. I'm Vera, your host. Who better than a master of reinvention with an accent to guide you through it, right? Just like they say, you are not a tree, so move. And God knows I have done just that in my own life many, many times. If you are not completely happy with the direction your life is going, this show may help you get the courage to change what is needed, find a new path and take charge. So come on over, pour yourself a glass of wine and spend some time with us. Let's laugh and cry together and get inspired by people just like you and me who overcame their own doubts and took a leap of faith to reinvent their life on their own terms. I hope and pray that we help you on that journey. And if you feel so compelled and inspired, please let us know. Don't be shy. Who knows? You may just be our next featured guest with another inspiring success story. So here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to a today episode of Third Chances. And today it's a little unusual because we don't do business a lot, but I was thinking, why not? We all need some help when it comes to business and finances. And I think our today guests, it's going to be the best person to, to provide some advice. Melissa is Avanti Business Academy of a Woman Founder. She believes that any woman is capable of creating financial freedom through entrepreneurship. Her mission is to surround female entrepreneurs with all the community, teaching, coaching, and services they need to create the business and impact they desire. She is also a podcaster, speaker, coach, woman's ice hockey player, mom, wife, and oh my gosh, and lives in Colorado. Welcome, Melissa. Melissa Kellogg. Luek, if I pronounce it correctly. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get that's, to chat with you today. That's a lot of hats you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which yeah. one is the most important to you? Well, I think um, being a mom is super important. Uh, but before, and obviously being an entrepreneur as well is my passion. Uh, but before all that, my own health, and I am really interested in longevity now. It's kind of one of my pet projects that I am studying a lot. So, you know, I really am prioritizing my health and living a long life. And so it allows me to be a better mom and to be a better entrepreneur in the process. So, and that actually fits right into the theme of our, of my podcast, because yeah. we all seek the same things. We just, some of us use different tools, but we all seek the different effects, possibly living longer, but a better quality life. Because mm -hmm. when it comes to longer, we don't imagine 
lying in a bed and filling the calendar with doctor's appointment like it's usual. But is there something that that prompt you to to look at this deeper and start changing what was important in your life? Well, um, I have always dreamed of living to be 100 years old. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't know why. I just always dreamed of that. And then over these past couple of years, I'm 52 now. And so I think when I turned 50, I was like, all right, you know, I really want to take my longevity seriously. And then started doing some reading and studying on just how, um, that field of study and the science there has really expanded. So that's been really fun. I know that doesn't really have anything to do with talking about business, but no, but that's, <laughs> you know, my podcast is more about you as a person and what drives you. Obviously it's a big part of your life to be a businesswoman and, and I'm sure we will get to it, but let's, let's stop a little there because it's usually, um, uh, I mean, when we are young, we usually don't think about these things. Unfortunately, we take a lot of things in for granted, mm -hmm. but usually something happened in our lives that kind of forces us to take a second look and start taking it more seriously. Was there something like that that would kind of motivate you to start looking deeply into these issues and ask better questions regarding your health? Well... I became a mom late in life. I had my daughter when I was 38 and my son when I was 40, almost 41. And so just wanting to be around and involved in their lives for many, many years to come, I think that was something that was a huge impetus for me. Um, also, as my parents have been aging, Thank God I still have both of them with me, but just having some of their own health issues has really prompted me to pay a lot more attention because they're both extremely healthy people, um, but still have had some health challenges. And yeah. so it prompted me to, to even look into some of the more recent research that is really helping folks live longer, healthier lives and study the blue zones and that kind of thing. Um, has been has been fun to look into that because I want to be around for my kiddos and um, and I want to live all of my years. I mean, ideally all of my years with a lot of vitality and energy. And I don't want to be, you know, decrepit in the last 20 years of my life. That's not yeah. how I foresee, you know, I, I want to live a long life, but live it with a lot of vitality. And I don't, I never want to retire. I'm so passionate about my mission in my business. Like, I feel like. Retire I, from what, right? <laughs> yeah. Retire from what? Like yeah, yeah. thinking and talking? No. Cause that's what I do for a living. So I think and talk and teach. And yeah. so I don't foresee myself ever leaving that. And I want to be able to do that effectively for as long as possible. That's there is another reason to stay in good shape because you need your brain to function properly. Yes. Yeah. And as you we know. get older, you know, yeah. I've um, gone through the menopause journey and just through that whole journey have really, that's really kicked off a lot of interest also in, in um, supporting my body through this change of life and also support my brain um, in this change of life. And so 
I think those are my primary reasons. <laughs> Once we are on this topic, what did you find out there uh, when you were doing your research? What did you find out that was most interesting to you? So what I've been exploring the most recently regarding my menopause journey is um, how I can balance my hormones that also supports my health and my brain function. I can balance my hormones through fasting. And so I've been experimenting. I always think of my own body as an experiment, right? So <laughs> I'll like try anything almost. So I've been experimenting with intermittent fasting and some longer fasting. And I recently started testing my blood glucose and my ketones and just kind of keeping an eye on all of that to see if I keep it in a specific range, does it help me to manage the symptoms of menopause? And so far it's worked really well for me. So yeah. that's my latest experiment. That's interesting. Yeah, I have been in the same boat uh, well, about three years ago, I was experimenting with different Chinese herbs. Oh, wow. Because I had a friend of mine uh, that uh, was in Connecticut that is specializing in acupuncture and Chinese herbal medicine. And so when I was facing issues that comes inevitably with that time of the life, yeah, uh, I approached him first and we tried different herbs and we were testing different, different uh, dosages and stuff. It somewhat improved, but not completely uh, disappeared. But I have since found more, more powerful methods. And uh, like you, I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. So it's fun. We had that in common. Yeah. So what else, what else looks, what else it's important in your life right now? With your kids, I'm assuming, are growing up and becoming adults. Yeah, they're well, they're teenagers. So um, there's always a lot going on. I feel like as kids get older, they almost need more support. And well, it's it's support in different ways, I guess. So, you know, I'm supporting them a lot now in their journeys in middle school and high school and all of the the things that come along with that like thinking about you know for my my high schooler like what's next for her and what does mm -hmm. she you know want to be thinking about after um high school and um just learning helping them to discover what they're most interested in so that's that's a big place of um you know, I'm focusing on. And then just my business, my business is in a massive um, stage of growth and expansion. So, you know, that takes a lot of my creativity and mental energy and passion. And yeah. Yeah. Well, that reminds me, what, what did it look like for you when you were in your daughter's age? What did you want to do then? How did you arrive to this kind of interesting career? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, when I was her age, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer because mm -hmm. I loved reading and study and, um, and through my high school, I was able to do a, almost like an internship with a, um, law firm. And so for quite a while during high school, I did a work study where I was working 
I was going to classes in the morning and then I would work at a law firm in the afternoon. And so that's what I thought I wanted to be at that time. And then I had the opportunity to actually work in a law firm. And I discovered that it wasn't as exciting as I thought it was in my mind and had built up this fantasy. (laughs) And it was a lot more boring. And so I, um, so I started thinking differently then about what I wanted to be when I grew up. So what did you, what did you start as? So after, after your school? Yeah. So, and it's funny because I, so I thought I wanted to be a lawyer and I, I maintained that really through college. Um, but all along the way, I was also an entrepreneur, like, or I was always working. Like when I was my daughter's age, I had my own paper route. And, um, in those days it was an afternoon paper. So I would go, I would come home from school and then I'd have to go out and deliver papers and it was before I had a driver's license. So we, I had to ride my bike or walk and, um, that's well, a good exercise too. Yeah. yeah. And it, was, money, right? <laughs> it was actually really fun. It was my first opportunity to really get to know how to serve people as clients because, um, the paper route was like my own business. Like I had to buy the papers from the, from the newspaper And then I had to go out and collect the due or the subscriptions from my customers. Oh, wow. I had to go door to door and collect the uh, subscriptions each month. And inevitably I would talk to the, you know, talk to my clients. And so I had to run it like a little business. I thought it was really neat how the paper did that. Yeah, and, it's a lot of responsibility on you teaching you the ropes for sure. Yeah, I mean, if I didn't collect the subscriptions, I didn't make money. Like I had to, you know, and if I didn't deliver the papers properly or well or threw right. them up on the roof or whatever all the time that my customers weren't going to want to pay me. So um, so I, I learned a lot about customer service then. Um, and then I went to college and I got a degree in in history and political science um, because it was, uh, the, the school that I went to, that was, it was a liberal arts college. And I, I was told, and I was under the impression that that was the most, that the political science degree was the most difficult degree in that institution. So I was like, well, I'm going to take the hardest thing because it's all reading and writing. And that's what I love to do the most was reading and writing. And so we read tons of books. Um, I think in one semester, I remember one class, we had to read 10 books over the course of a semester and write papers, like, you know, big, long papers on each one of them. And I loved that because it was just like, I just kept feeding my mind, feeding my mind, feeding my mind and getting to engage with what I was learning. And that was fascinating. And then, um, but I had already decided I didn't want to go to law school. So I put myself through my undergraduate degree by working in the financial aid office. And so I got that kind of experience there. And through that, I used the relationships that I created there to get a job with one of the banks that um, was one of the student loan banks that we worked with in the financial aid office. Mm -hmm. And um, it just so happened that they had an office in my hometown here in Colorado. So I came back to Colorado and, um, and that kind of began, began my journey in business. Um, so through that, I decided, um, I loved business and really enjoyed that work that I was doing. And I decided to go back to school and get my MBA in marketing. 
And um, again, because it was a lot of creativity, right? A lot of writing and creating. And I also wanted to match that with business. So I got my MBA in marketing and started working in the internet boom in New York. I got my MBA in New York and it was during the internet boom. And so I was, it was so exciting. So I started getting, or I started working for, um, with entrepreneurs and startups Mm -hmm. in the tech industry. So that was super fun. So that's kind of how I ended up in business and doing the work I'm doing now. It kind of all comes together. You know, it's kind of funny how all the threads of life bring you to where you are. (laughs) Yeah. Because how, how does this, how just when the moment comes when you realize that you can use all that experience that you gained into coaching others yeah yeah so i um i had a lot of exposure to lots of different businesses and i was actually a consultant um and all and doing the marketing and sales for all of these startups that i was working with and um then 9-11 happened and I was in New York. So I lived through that experience and it was very traumatic for me. And, um, and I decided that, I mean, I lost friends and classmates and neighbors and all they did is they went to work that day. And I thought to myself, if I go to work tomorrow and I don't come home, is this how I want my life to end? And the answer was no. So that's, you know, one of my second chances, right, is is I got the chance to live. And I decided that from that moment on that I was going to live and do business in a totally different way, in a way that would that would be a tribute to all those folks that lost their lives that day because I got to live. And beautiful. Yeah. And so that really became the foundation of the type of business that I wanted to create and began be uh, began the my entrepreneurial journey. And so a couple of years later, I founded my own company to help small businesses and to provide marketing services and content creation. Mm-hmm. So and again, the, the creativity and your love for learning and reading, because yeah. there's a lot of copywriting for mar- in a marketing space for sure yeah. yeah so you first provided services in marketing for small businesses as a business yes yeah that's how i started out and what i learned as the years went on is that i could create all this great marketing pieces and ideas and and if my i worked with a lot of small businesses and if my clients didn't have the confidence or the belief in themselves and what they were offering, that all the great marketing that I was doing wasn't going to result in sales for them. So, and I was having that own journey, uh, that journey in my own business too. And, um, so that's when I discovered coaching and coaching really transformed how I was thinking about myself and my contribution. And I couldn't help, but want to, turn around and teach others and coach others and help them to really develop that confident mindset um, as well as really great marketing skills. And so 
that's so what am I, I hearing you right that you reached out and and uh, get coaching for yourself first yes yeah. yes absolutely mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a big difference and people sometimes don't understand why and uh, funny thing one of my dear friend wonderful coach uh, Berta Medina once told me which I absolutely 100% agree with uh, nobody needs a coaching nobody you can choose to be average you can choose to fight your own battles forever or you can reach out for help and that difference is huge which answered that question you know who needs a coaching nobody nobody's forcing you to to get one but when you do you know like in your journey suddenly from trying to figure it out on your own and fight your own inner battles in the mindset and everything that we go through every single person goes through doubts and, and problems mm -hmm. if that can if somebody like melissa can speed up that process for you and and offer a different perspective to one we are in the middle of our issues we cannot possibly see the right solution from the inside because we are overwhelmed with the problems and that's not the mindset that comes with creative solutions so for sure this is a huge and probably fulfilling for you to be able to share that knowledge with others it is it's incredibly rewarding i might i just love every single one of my clients is so inspiring and I learn a lot from them and I get to teach them and help them to not experience some of the trials and tribulations that I did <laughs> in my journey, or at least know that they're not alone in them. Right. And I, I think I felt alone a lot of the times and I didn't have that support. I didn't seek out the support. And then when I yeah. did, yeah, it was completely transformational. Isn't it the truth? We, we love to work from home, but it gets lonely. Not that, yeah. you know, it, it feels very similar to, to me when I started. And obviously I did at the beginning, I didn't have a resources to invest in coaching. And so I was trying to figure it out on my own. And looking back, it cost me much more than if I did invest and, and get the help right away because it's the prolonged pain and suffering and figuring it out and, and the expensive mistakes that you make really it's a diff it's a different perspective on that investment as well because it's I became entrepreneur I don't want to say by accident but almost I almost did because Years back, I promised to myself that if I ever go back to business, it will be for myself, by myself. But mm -hmm. uh, at that time, you were in New York when 9-11 happened. I was, we were about making decisions to, to, transfer, to transfer, move to America. Um, oh, wow. So I came uh, in 2002. And at that time, we had to start making money right away so we can settle so I was looking for a job I even though I came from entrepreneurial you know experience before but it's what happened to me with my health that actually turned me into seeking the entrepreneurship again because I needed to be flexible enough with my condition to be able to do something I couldn't sit in the office for 
10 hours a day you know yeah. so, so sometimes things happen that that turns us into it but i i kind of envy you that you had this long long way to to build and what i love about it it's it's you kind of through steps you shape it into what it is today that you love the most that that only comes with practice and that only comes with action mm-hmm. and so many people and i don't know if you have that same experience they also love learning and reading but they stay in that space trying to uh uh philosophically arrive in the solutions instead of testing things and taking action steps and they will be rethinking and rethinking for years before they ever make an offer do you have a similar experience yes yeah i and even thinking back to when i started my podcast i thought about my podcast for 4 years oh, before yeah. i ever decided to start it I mean, there was fear, there was imposter syndrome, like I won't do it right. I'm not good enough. Who am I to put a microphone in front of my face and put all my ideas out there, right? Isn't it funny how we have the same doubts, all of us, no matter who we are? Uh, It's funny because somebody approached me on LinkedIn uh, a few years back and suggested podcasts. And I'm like, me with an accent, I'll have a podcast. Yeah, right. And and then he sent me a video clip with, uh, oh my God, I always forget her name. She uh, She's a Latina, uh, America. Is it America Ferreira? Yes, yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, and she had a podcast, no, not podcast. She had a, I think that's big, that speech where she was talking how everybody was trying to shape her into you not enough Latina, you are too much Latina, blah, 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 whatever. They wanted her to fit into certain roles. And then she finally got enough and says, well, I am a me, this is who I am. And you either hire me or or there's no business to be in your roles. And then it, when things started shifting, isn't it funny how we try to shape ourselves twist ourselves into pretzel to be what we believe other people want instead of being ourselves like you have to in your podcast yeah yeah and I heard a quote one time that really really stuck with me and it was um clarity comes from engagement with your ideas and not thought yeah so I was like that really stuck with me and has helped me to get off of the learning, you know, out of that learning mode and into action mode and um, has served me really well. So how did you arrive on uh, selecting which group of entrepreneurs you likely the most enjoy working with? Well, that's a great question. I So I work primarily with women and teaching women how to create financial freedom through entrepreneurship. And I got to that place because not only because of my own journey in entrepreneurship, but even before that, I remember seeing my mother and my grandmother and neither of them um, worked after they got married and they were both fine with that, like raising families and, and, and being stay at home moms. But what always bothered me was that they had to check in with their husband to spend money or to 
you know, do a, make a, or make plans for a trip, or they always had to go through their husband. And I, that always bothered me, didn't sit well with me. And so I decided at a very young age, which is why I had my paper out when I was 15 and I was babysitting all before that, Mm -hmm. that I would always have my own money. And my grandmother would tell me, always have your own purse. And she taught me that. And, um, and I took that to heart that I wanted to be in a relationship and, but because I wanted to be with the person, not because I needed to be financially supported. Right. (laughs) So what, when, when we talk about this, what would you say that money means to you? So in my business, money means to me, Every single dollar that I earn in my business to me means a woman who's creating exponentially more financial freedom for herself. And so it's very meaningful to me. And, you know, which is why I talk openly about my financial goals, about making money, because every one of those dollars represents a woman that I've been able to help to make her own money and to create her own financial freedom. Sounds like pretty impactful career. Yeah, um, it definitely gets yeah. me out of bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love that. Love that. So looking back to where you were in your 20s with your mindset, what you thought that you would like to do, and then looking at your life now, what would you say is the biggest difference Yeah. So I got married the first time when I was 20 years old and I did it because, and I did a lot of things in that time of my life because I thought I was, and I'm doing my air quotes here. uh, I was supposed to, right. And that marriage didn't work out and we got divorced and that was really hard for me. I was in my twenties. I was 24, I think when we got divorced, 25, no, 24, I don't know. And I, I felt very betrayed because I was, I had, I thought done everything the way I was quote unquote supposed to, and it didn't work out for me. But what I didn't understand is that, and I began, began to understand from that point is that I have to decide what I want. Like how my life turns out is my responsibility. It's not the responsibility of a man. It's not the responsibility of my parents. It was my responsibility. And so that kicked off a journey for me of really getting to know who I am and what I want. Like, what are my desires? And what is the kind of person, the kind of life I want to have? And it took a lot of courage and... um determination to be on that journey. Right. So the, so contrast that starting that journey to now, I mean, that journey is still going on, right. I'm still learning and still learning how to build a business and how to, you know, learning what I most want and who is the person I want to be in the next 30 years. Right. And learning also that our future, thinking about our future and who we want to be is our natural greatest 
motivator. We've learned that recently in brain science is that in positive psychology, they talk about how thinking and envisioning your future is the greatest motivator. Yeah. And in our health journey too, right? That's why I'm like thinking about, I want to live to be a hundred years old with a lot of vitality and energy. And I was um, just going to say, you are in the middle of your journey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not even to the middle. I could live to be 120. Who knows? Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's totally a valid point. But isn't it funny how we, so many of us live 95% of our time in the past mm. or in the future with worries instead of using the brain activities and using the, the right energy and using the res to resonating with your goal as we learn from late Bob Proctor and all these smart people that can compel us to be it, it how it is so hard for people to imagine who they are in their uh, ideal life that they can come up with, but what your dream is and how do you, how, who are you that, who are you as a person, if you get this, how is it so hard for us to imagine that, but we have no hard time to create all the kind of negative scenarios that are running nonstop in our head. And obviously with that negative mindset, you cannot create positive results. So we're doing it to ourselves. What do you find with the woman that you work with works for them? How, how can you overcome this block? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, and it is so interesting how you're, you're absolutely right. Like, um, we can, I can take myself back to 20 years ago, 20 years in the past, just like that, right? It's so easy to just take myself back and, and um, remember. And part of my own personal work right now is developing the skill to just as easily be able to transport, transport myself in the future. forward 20 years, right? Because we all are going to have a future. We're all going to be someone in the future or we're going to be not here, <laughs> right? And so we get to decide how who we get to be in the future. And so um, I really help my clients to get out of that negative mindset by remembering the polarity of life. Life is 50-50. It's 50% great and it's 50% awful, Right. And that's the same for all of us. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. It doesn't matter, you know, if you come up with a silver spoon in your mouth or not, like we all have the same experience. And even in the future, when I get to that, you know, my goal is to build a million dollar business. Even when I build my million dollar business, my life is going to be 50, 50 there too. Right. So I love to bring my clients back to thinking about, okay, you're, you're feeling like things are 50% awful right now, but there's also some good things that are happening. There are some things that are working. Yeah. So we always have the opportunity to think about what's working and what's not working. Right. But where do you want to put your focus? Where do you want to focus? Because whatever you focus on, you create more of Yep. and whatever you focus on that's how you're going to feel. 
And it, do you want to focus on what is working because it feels great? It does not to say that there's nothing, no room for improvement, yeah. but let's just focus on what is working and expand that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, cause it just feels better and it's more fun. <laughs> and that's also why we, why we need coaches because every single one of us, even though we are coaches have our own coach because you yes. get to point when you don't see these things, even though we went through training and we are certified and, and we, we know what to advise our clients on, but we don't sometimes don't take our own advice because we are human beings too. And I wanted to touch on, on what I said about looking back. It, there is also art of looking back. What do you want to see? Isn't it? Mm -hmm. How you see, if you, if you're looking back to, assure yourself that you can do it because look at those failures that I look at those mistakes or if you do some personal growth work and realize that every single one of those moments you can take a lesson from and don't beat yourself over with a stick because there's nothing we can do about the past mm -hmm. the only moment we can influence is right now and most people spend time either in past or too far in the future worrying about what may happen that doesn't even come instead of doing what you just said being able to picture yourself and view yourself as the person who you want to become mm -hmm. and bring bring that vision because everything else that you that you need to become that person it starts showing up for you mm -hmm. maybe like a melissa as a coach that guide you through it it's 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 such a when you think of it it's such a miracle of life uh i it's funny we talk about this because i didn't plan this but i was just listening i had found some old videos with bob proctor and and i started listening to him more when he passed unfortunately and he was saying something about how uh, the we all have five senses you know, mm -hmm. vision, we can hear, we can smell, we can taste, uh, we can see, uh, touch. But all the animals have the same thing. There's only one difference that we have as a human beings that we can use in our advantage. And that's intuition, imagination, all these things that are not captivating in any other alive feature on earth, but human being and so i believe we have gotten that gift for a reason yeah to use it yeah yeah for sure and yeah we are the only species that has the ability to think ahead to to envision and to plan to envision our future and really see our future before it happens and and you were mentioned a couple of times worry and i think that's so brilliant because worry if you can worry you can just as easily envision a positive future for yourself, right? Exactly. Because worriers are really great at envisioning something awful happening in the future. So you have that ability to envision the future. Yep. And likely it never happens. Good. <laughs> and likely it's anxiety about something that never even comes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's the, that's the placebo effect that it's the ultimate you know, certification that we can 
even with our own thoughts, we can make ourselves sick. Yes. Yeah. Or healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure that's part of your studies as well. When you, when you go on a search about the longevity, because there's a lot of research done in that area as well. Yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So what, what, can you give us some example? How, how does it look like when someone starts working with you? Let's say um, some of our listeners have a small business. She's kind of stuck and doesn't know what to do. And uh, she's kind of on a fence. Do I ask somebody for help or do I deal with it? Sadly, we, often we do mistake and start asking people around us, which mm -hmm. has absolutely no experience in business or proven record of <laughs> success instead of really asking professional that actually can look at your business and find out where the issue may be. What would you say if somebody's on a fence and she's considering, what would you encourage her to do first? Yeah, well, I, I think that's a great point that you make that oftentimes I see this all the time where clients of mine will tell me, well, you know, I know it's time to stop, you know, making my partner or my friends, my coaches, because that's a job they never signed up for. And they yeah. don't want that kind of responsibility in your business. Most of the and time, they may not be qualified because they may be yeah. in employment their entire life. And you have no experience with running the business is completely different game than uh, mm -hmm. collecting a paycheck. Yeah. 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 One of my mentors, she always says, um, don't ask or don't seek advice from people or don't take advice from people that have not been where you want to go. Yeah. And I think that that's so true. Um, and I think of one of my clients, Sydney, who was, or is, um, a, um, Ivy lead graduate. Like she went undergrad to Stanford. She got her, uh, she went to law school at Harvard and super, super smart woman, right? She went into the legal profession and didn't enjoy it. She hated it. But what she did love doing is working with students. So she decided to start a business helping students get into law school and teaching them how to um, get into some of these big universities. And so she started a consulting business. And the first year she made only $13,000. And that's when she met me or we met and she hired me and I helped her to really get the business side of her business off the ground. She was great as a consultant and I didn't need to help her there, but she needed help with the business side, right? And also with the mindset and really working on her confidence. And so the second year that we worked together, or I mean, the first after the first year that we worked together, she made, it was her second year in business, 120 some thousand dollars. That's pretty and really her return business. on investment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, her business. And she was loving it, right? Yeah. And then the third year, she made over $300,000. And then she founded another company to create some software um, to help students. And so um, was able to get venture funding and go on and create a million dollar business wow. um, and start a nonprofit. So she's helping students um, in a nonprofit way as well as with her business. So it really can help to guide you 
and make you more effective in the work that you do, um, but also guide you in the business aspect, like really learning how to be a CEO and also learning the skill of marketing um, and being a leader. Because even if you don't have a team, you are still a leader, right? You are a leader of your network, of your audience. You're a leader oftentimes in your family and in your community. And so, um, so that that's the work that I love to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because so many people go to business and basically create an expensive job for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and then they spay the entire time in a business. They do everything, but, and, uh, yeah. And the profit is the least priority thing on their list, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And service is a great value to have in your business, but at the same time, when you're making money that supports you and it also helps support the transformation of your clients. Right. And, um, and yeah, I think it's definitely a really important part of, of developing a business is learning how to make money from it so that it serves you. It serves your community. It serves the team that you hire, mm -hmm. um, and serves your clients. That sounds like a really good proposal to me. If if anybody is interested to look at their business, look back to what you see in your previous years. And if you are not happy with, with what you see, it may be a time to, to hire someone who can make you more efficient, who can make you work smarter, not harder, and actually earn what you worth. Because that's, that's another issue that I think we both have the experience with how we as a woman, women are often feeling that we are in service, we have to take care of everybody, we have to take care of everybody else. And I have met at the beginning of my journey, I have met many women who wanted to have a business, but they felt almost guilty to charge for mm -hmm. their services. And so they would discount them so deeply that they were not compatible at all because you discount yourself out of business. <laughs> yeah. Do you have that? Do you have that? Do you still come across this type of clients? Oh yeah. Yeah. I definitely was that type of client myself. Uh, you know, I didn't raise my prices for the first 10 years in my business. <laughs> yeah. I and think then... they all went through that phase that when you kind of like, you have to be comfortable with what you charge. Yeah. And know that what value you really offer and it's yeah. not your hours or your you know it's 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 all that that's hidden in there for the value of the client yes absolutely yeah and then when i raised my prices all my clients were applauding me they're like oh finally you know you finally understand what your value is and i think that's really where a lot of the women that i work with where we get into trouble is not understanding the value that we offer, right? And it's not, well, we've got two types of value. You have the tangible value, like it's the product or the service that you offer, but there's also so many intangible parts as well that are highly, highly valuable to your clients. And nine times out of 10, when I take women through a value exercise that I do with them, 
they have no idea how valuable some of the intangible parts of their their business value, how valuable those things are. And so when I can reflect back to them how valuable these pieces are, they finally start to see that and they see, oh yeah, you know, people are willing to pay that or pay more for something like that because, you know, whatever it is that's important to their client. So um, that's where I see women undercharging is because they really don't see their own business valuable from a tangible perspective and an intangible perspective. I think that's a insanely valuable skill that you have in this is your marketing skills mm-hmm. because you know how to read market, how to read marketing, the, the customer's needs and trans transfer it into offer that actually is customized to customers' needs instead of instead of trying to offer services, trying to offer something. You you have to kind of go into your past, uh, prospective clients' minds and see where you can help them with what their pain is, what they don't want to have, or what they what they want to have. And that's that's where marketing comes in, and that's what we all struggle with what the real value of your service is. I remember this This brought me back quite a few years when I started personal chef business and it was it was a service. Mm-hmm. And at that time, uh, I had an argument with my husband because he was most of the time employee. And he started telling me, you can't charge this. You can't charge this. Like at the beginning of your journey, it's like, you don't have the experience. I was like, what do you mean? I don't have the experience. I used to run a restaurant. I do have experience. Well, yeah, but nobody will pay for it. And how I said, but how do you know? I am not my own client. I wasn't at that time in position to hire a personal chef. Mm-hmm. But when you start looking at the market to what market needs, it's you don't want to be the cheapest in a, in a, on the market because that brings the certain type of clientele. And it's funny. I made that, I made that experience and obviously it was, it was the right choice. And I had people reaching out to me. I didn't even have to do a lot of marketing. And wow. I remember one brilliant thing that at that time that I wish I had that same brilliant idea now, uh, when you, at that time, when you look at my website, when somebody arrived on my website, because it was very local, it was physical business, so it was very local. Uh, the question that they saw first wasn't, you know, are you looking for chef to hire? Mm-hmm. My question was, how valuable is your time? Yes, that's brilliant. Because that's what I was selling. Mm-hmm. You know, there comes my expertise, my nutritional expertise my holistic approach to food all that comes after organic everything that is that was important to my customers was there as well but the first thing if you look if you work for professionals that are really tied on time but they want to eat healthy they want to follow certain goals they they may want to lose weight or they have health issues and that was my specialty I knew that one of the most important issue for them was where do I find time to research recipes? I I don't even cook. So they hire or they take out or they go out and it wasn't serving their goals. So when you 
go through all that, you realize that the value you're giving to your client is not that somebody comes and cook for them. You're giving them all that time that they would have otherwise spend in the stores and researching and cooking and cleaning and doing when she has limited hours a day and she can spend those hours with her kid instead. Yeah. While eating customized, prepared stuff that is fitting her goal. So all that experience is hiding in that one question. And yeah. That's that's basically what you're doing for your clients as well, because mm -hmm. you are not just showing them how to run their business. Mm -hmm. There's much deeper issue there than just helping you to run business. What is it? Yeah, it's about helping them discover their value. I mean, as a human, I believe they're 100% worthy. But I also believe every single woman has, and every single person has entrepreneurial value, has business value that they can use to create a business if they want to. And I love what you're saying about understanding your best fit client and understanding what they need. And it's also matching your unique way of doing things to their need. And those two things together creates a one in a billion business. Like there are no two businesses that are exactly alike. And so when we can really enjoy those unique aspects and, and that um, one of a kind flavor, it comes together in such a beautiful way. And I love helping my clients to just see that and see they don't have to build their business like anybody else on the planet. They can create a completely unique business because of who they are and their experience and their education and their desires to meet uh, their best fit client who also has unique desires and unique values and wants to pay them for who they are and what they're providing. So is there, is there a difference for you? What kind of industry the client has a business in or does it matter? I work mainly with women that are, have service-based businesses. I do have and have worked with retailers. Um, I have some experience working in specialty retail, um, but I don't generally work with a lot of like e-commerce businesses or businesses that are product heavy. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a difference for you. If you, some people I know that they think they will save money researching free content online, which is plenty, of course. Mm -hmm. But to get the customized help that only you can provide with your expertise, looking into their concrete business mm -hmm. and also into their concrete characteristic as a person, because we all have our preferences and priorities and personalities that fit mm -hmm certain way into your business like you said to creating something absolutely original so many people instead try to blend in isn't yeah. it just crazy ridiculous what we do to ourselves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we start comparing we start going through all that pain oh she does that so i have to do that and and it's the opposite that we should be doing because we are created original for reason. Yeah. <laughs> we even have original DNA. So, you know, we are not supposed to be like everybody else because the way you stand out, it's the way you 
make yourself unique? What is, there's probably, I don't know if there's in this time of age, if there exists a very original, unique, brilliant idea that nobody else ever approached. Because it's very hard to compete when you are in certain, you know, that's why I was asking about if you if you have spe industry specific. Mm -hmm. But where you differentiate is exactly what you said. You put your, your own original approach to it. Mm -hmm. and just like you have 10 Italian restaurants and you pick your favorites for certain reasons that are applicable to you. Mm -hmm. It is the same way that people look at the coaches. And, and that's the reason why I do this podcast, because I'm hoping that people will have the opportunity to get to know you as a person and see if it resonates with their values and with what they're looking for. Because mm -hmm. obviously there are different coaches for business and they all have their own unique approach or personality that may not resonate with you. And I think the one of the first thing that we have to make sure is that that person resonates with us, either challenges us or we can imagine working with her because it's not going to be one time fix. It's it usually takes a little bit of time to kind of figure out things and have that support and accountability all the way through. Yeah. How does it look like when someone work, works with you? Do you have some specific timeline or is it very personally customized? Yeah. So I really got a vision a couple of years ago for my business and how I wanted to serve women building businesses. And I really just had this vision of just ha them being surrounded, like being coming a part of my universe and just being surrounded with all the support that they need mm -hmm. that I know that they they need in order to build a business. And so I have four different things, four different ways that I do that. One of them is by developing community. And I have a community of women entrepreneurs. I, uh, I host events online and I have an in-person networking um, chapter in my local area here in Northern Colorado. Um, I also offer online learning, online classes that I teach live because I love teaching and I love coaching. So I do as much of that live as possible. So I have those once a quarter and those are always low cost experiences. Um, and then I have one-on-one -on -one coaching. So if you really want that, you want to pay for speed really, and, um, and have my personalized undivided attention on you and your business and helping support you. Um, I offer that. And those are six month packages. I work with my clients six months at a time. And then I also provide some marketing services and content creation. I help my clients to get set up with an email marketing system or help them to develop ideas for social media um, marketing or help them with events, things like that. So that's how I support them. So there you have it. You can start low key and see if that's something that would work for you. Or you can jump in and, and start building with the speed, like Melissa said, because it's the difference when you're building the house, you can have a lot of good material, but if you don't have a lot of workers, it's going to take longer. Mm -hmm. And you may arrive at a similar location or you may 
without supervision, you may build entire different house that you planned originally. But I think it's a big difference with, uh, you can consume a lot of help for sure, Melissa, or offers a lot of support and help, or you can have her one-on-one -on -one when you really dive deep and start actually dealing with the issues that are that are relevant to you. And mm -hmm. that's I think that's one of the big differences, even with, with the coaches that may offer group coaching, it's still super valuable because you have that community and you have that support and some issues may be relevant to you as well. And so you learn from participating with other people, but there is no comparison when you have somebody one-on-one -on -one and you just dive deep and just, just, just look at that issue that absolutely stops you or blocks you from moving forward and removing then one block and you did make a giant leap. It's, it feels so uh, uh, triumphant. <laughs> yeah, say. right. Triumphant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Satisfying. It's, it's, yeah. Been, it's been, it's, it's, that's, that's the difference. And, and I hope people can see this when, when you listen to people like Melissa, that there are people that can help you and you don't have to suffer alone because sometimes yeah. it's really suffering we bring on ourselves. Yeah. And I know the, you know, spending money is not always comfortable or possible, mm -hmm. but when it's not possible, you have resources that you can start on. And when it is possible and you just have hesitancy to, then try to imagine if you were making 13,000 your first year in business and the next year you were at 120. That's quite a difference. I'm not good at math, but I would say that's a lot of percentage growth. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, and usually that, you know, that return on investment is really fast. When, when you suddenly have somebody on your side who can see blind spot that you don't see. That's big, big, big help. It is. And the power is like in that any, everything that you learn, you take with you for the rest of the life of your business, right? And for me, that's the difference between what I could do as a practitioner, right? I, if I was, say, for example, taking over and doing somebody's marketing for them, they're not learning anything, right? They're just paying me to do it for them. And as a coach, I do it with them. And so they learn and all of that learning and that growth, they take with them and get to increase that for as long as they have their business, right? So that's really been rewarding. And I just love walking alongside women and really helping them to see their value because I believe everyone is so incredibly valuable. Yeah, that's the difference between giving someone a fish or teach them fishing. Yeah, exactly. I love that. It's a great story. <laughs> is there is there something that you would you 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 yourself live your life by that's a quote that resonates with you that it's meaningful to you or book that you may want to recommend that changed your perspective on things? Yeah, I um read and I actually host a book, host a book club a couple of times a year. And, um, this year we went through 10 X is easier than two X by Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan. And that was a transformational book for me. Um, 
And it really is all about understanding the 80-20 rule and how, you know, 80% of the things that you're doing inside your business are not bringing you any money. And it's the 20% of the things that you do that bring 80% of your revenue. And um, it's not a book about hustle and work harder. It's a book about uh, discovering the quality and the value in the work that you do and expanding that. So that one changed a lot uh, for me this year and has, has really helped a lot of my clients as well. Yeah. And especially for women who usually handle the family and household and everything else on top of their business, the yeah. efficiency may be the most valuable thing that Melissa can bring to, to your business doing. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I mean, simplicity has been a huge part of my journey yeah. and being a mom myself and being able to build a six figure business while working 30 hours a week, you know, I've had to really constrain and only do the things that are most important that are on, that to do the things that only I can do right. And find help or get rid of the rest. Um, so yeah, that's been part of the journey for sure. Yeah. So my last question would be, what does Melissa plans for 2024? What is your biggest goal for 2024? So my biggest goal, so I I have told my whole audience knows this, but my revenue goal for 2024 is 300K. And so that, you know, like I said earlier, represents exponentially that amount of value that I create for my clients and help just that many more women to create financial freedom for themselves through entrepreneurship. Um, so big goals are to, um, expand my podcast and to, I will be speaking a lot more in public appearing on a lot more stages and a lot more places. So that's a big part of my goal. And, um, yeah. And just to continue my health and longevity journey and supporting my kiddos and in, in their development and growth and, and have great relationships and stay connected. I think connection is a huge word. One of my most important words for 2024 is connection and remaining connected to myself, um, to my family and to my clients and to my business, my audience, Um, Because I think connection is really, for me, the foundation of how I create value in my life and how I have a very valuable existence and enjoyable existence. Yeah, that's that's beautifully said. And so I wish you to achieve all your goals and more. Thank you. This was a really, really pleasure for me to listen to you and to see how you can bring value to your clients is absolutely undisputable and i hope that our listeners will consider if they are at the stage where they see that okay i'm doing fine but maybe i can do better uh take a look what you can do with melissa on your side and how it could improve your business and and in effect your whole life because obviously the success in our business is never only affecting the business it's affecting all the quality of life that we live the time we spend with the family how stressed we can spend time with the family or not stressed 
all of that is absolutely, you know, to consider when you when you think of something like that. I think it would be huge help for anybody who wants to take their business seriously and profitably. And I wish I had her on my side. <laughs> you <laughs> do, Vera. We're friends now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's kind of selfishly why I do this podcast. So I meet all these wonderful people and learn things that I wish I have learned when I was 20, when I didn't even know what private business is because I was never raised that way. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's late booming in life. And, and I take this as a masterclass of wisdom with all my guests that we get the chance to interview and learn of different strategies and different tools that can help everybody to live a better quality life. And I think that's the goal that we all share, no matter what we do. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you so much, Melissa. It was really, really enjoyable. Thank you for making time. I know that you are a busy person. So thank you for making time for, for us. And, and I hope you will take this and run with it. And you have inspiration to look at things that can be done better. Thank you so much. It was so fun to be here and get to know you. Thank you.